Hello, and welcome to Still No Plan. I'm Jordan Granger. And I'm Autumn Webb, and we are so happy you're here. And we're super excited to catch up and hear what you've been up to. We have both been following you through TikTok, or at least I have. I think Autumn has, like, from afar cheering you on. And then when we came to LA, we saw you at the farmer's market and had your little bars, and they were the best things I've ever had. So we were like, oh my we gosh. have to have her on. Um, but if you want to start by just giving a quick, like what you studied in school and what you've been up to since you graduated, like overview, we can start there. Perfect. Yeah. I'm super excited to be here and super excited to catch up with you guys too. Um, this is amazing as I was saying. Um, but yeah, graduated from USC in May, which feels like it was not that long ago, but like also feels like a lifetime ago at the same time. So it's super weird. But my last semester at USC I was lucky enough to only be taking a few units. So I kind of really narrowed down to what the hell did I want to do post-graduation. And so I knew I always wanted to do something in entrepreneurship. I had always taken entrepreneurship classes, um, knew that I was super into health and wellness. So ended up finding out about this program called Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where I was able to take classes to become a certified health coach. And it really just started out of curiosity and wanting to educate myself kind of. And it was really exciting. It was an amazing program. Um, then graduated and started working a few months later. So in between that time, I also had a few months to kind of chill and figure out exactly what I wanted to do, which was also, if anyone has that choice, highly recommend like taking a few breaks before jumping right into work. I think that break is so necessary. Um, so in that time, I kind of figured out a little bit more what I wanted to do, started taking on some clients um, and really just starting my business, which was kind of like on social media and then making my bars and starting to create the packaging for that. And that was something I was just doing a year before, like making them for my friends and family. And they said I should start selling them. And so I said, why not? It's kind of perfect. It's all coming together. I've always wanted to start a business. So why not start this and see where it takes me? So I was feeling held back for the longest time and finally just went for it. And yeah, now here we are. So you were doing the Institute for Integrative Medicine or Nutrition when you were in USC, when you were in school still? What did that feel yeah, like? So what I was that it. workload like? It was a lot for sure, but I was only taking, I wasn't taking a full course load. So I wasn't taking like 16 or 18 units. I was taking, I mean, I'm not, I don't remember the exact number, but it wasn't, it wasn't a ton of units. Um, and then I was also in this entrepreneurship society. So I definitely took on too much of on my plate at once. I tend to do that a lot. I tend to say yes to everything <laughs> and then be like, what the hell did I get myself into? But it was amazing. And I think the good part about it, it, w- it was all on my own. So a lot of the workload, I could pick and choose when I wanted to do it. So it really made me get better at time management because I had to figure out when, when I was going to do classes, when I was going to do those classes, when I was going to do stuff for the club and when I was going to work on my business. So that aspect of it was really helpful. Do you have like specific things that you used or like tricks that you learned to help you manage all that time? I feel like right now, like I'm working and we're doing this podcast and I'm like trying to create a bunch of content and I'm having such a hard time, like time blocking my day and prioritizing. So like do you have like specific tips that help you get through that time? To be honest, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I am not <laughs> an expert at this, but what really helped me and what I'm trying to do again more often because I don't do it enough is 
literally like what you just said, blocking out time in my calendar and literally like scheduling in a time to go outside and walk a time to Mm -hmm. just call a friend or call someone and putting it out like that kind of made me a lot more organized. Um, and I just got to the point where I was almost doing it too much. I felt like I was getting like obsessive over scheduling things and (laughs) that kind of stressed me out. So I don't have, like, I think the biggest thing is for me, like I love like seeing things written out. So I love writing down to do lists or writing down exactly what I need to get done. Um, or just like taking a step back and saying, I need to get these three things done. And then if I get those and still feel like I have energy kind of separating the list, because I feel like it intimidates a lot of people when it's just a huge long list of things to do. You're going to keep coming up with things you need to do. There's always going to be things to do. So kind of separating it by priority has been super helpful for me too, because it allows me to say no to certain things when I don't have the energy to do them. When did you first have a real interest in health? And like, what up to what point did you decide like, oh, I want to do IAN? Like, how did you make that choice too? Yeah, I think I was always kind of interested in it. Um, I had always been someone who wanted to put the best in my body. And I knew that because people would tell me something was good for me and I would train my taste buds to like that thing. So it's always been weird. Like I've always just loved food that's good for me. And my brain has always worked that way. And it's just always been fascinating to me. Like that's what I would go home and read about is health and wellness and just learning things about health and wellness was always really cool. And I found myself giving advice to a lot of my friends. I found them always coming to me asking like, what should I do if I'm bloated or what should I do with this and that and giving them advice. And so that's how it kind of carried into health coaching because I found that intersection between being able to give people advice and help people and then also being able to research and learn about health and wellness. Um, And then I just have had like my own health journey with like gut health and all of these different things. So it's been really fascinating just teaching myself and healing myself. Um, So yeah, I think that's like really how I got into it and wanted to do the program. So did you have like specific gut health problems? Um, And like when, because it sounds like you've always kind of ate healthy or like pretty healthy. Um, So when did that come in? And like, what were the concerning things for you that made you want to start like trying to heal it with diet? It was, I, I always had stomach issues like ever since high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was always kind of self-diagnosed by myself. Like I was like, Oh, I must have this. I must have this. And then I would try and just approach it on my own, which if probably, if I would have caught it in the beginning and actually done the real testing, it probably would have (laughs) gotten so bad, but I was just always someone who wanted to do it myself. And then college, like you're obviously not the healthiest that you want to be. Like you guys know that, like, yeah, like you're going out, you're getting Panda Express or like the cheapest food, like it's just not a healthy time in your life, which is totally fine. Like you experiment and you learn what's good for you was not. I think everyone needs to have that experience, but it definitely made my gut really bad and made my health not as good as it could have been. And I just like started every time I was eating food, it hurt. Like, so I lost like a ton of weight because like I literally couldn't eat food without it hurting me. Um, Every, I just woke up like literally feeling like I hadn't gotten any sleep every morning, like so sluggish, so brain foggy, just was not feeling good. And finally came to the conclusion. I was like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to keep doing this. So it made me take a step back and be like, I kind of want to dedicate time and, and even money and resources into figuring out exactly what's wrong with me and then healing it. Yeah. When did you get to that kind of like breaking point? I know for 
me, my junior year, my stomach hurt so bad that I almost had a heart attack from how many Tums I was taking. I, <laughs> I was feeling so awful. And I went to the doctor, I got blood work done and my calcium level, she was like, you're about to have a heart attack. Like, what are you doing? And I was Jeez. like, oh, I'm taking Tums. Like it's candy because my stomach hurts that bad. <laughs> so that was like a really tipping point for me. So I'm wondering for you, mm-hmm. like, what year was this for you? And what, and when were you like, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to take real action. Yeah. So first of all, same, I was always taking Tums and Gas X thinking that would like solve the problem, but no, it definitely kept making it a lot worse. Um, I think the tipping point for me was I like along with alcohol, like everyone's doing like nicotine, like hitting the puff or the jewel or whatever. And I always had one of those in my hand and Mm -hmm. I was having really, really bad chest pains, like constantly. And I, I remember I was on getting on a plane to the weekender or something. It was Boulder week or Boulder weekend or something. Yeah. And I literally like was having a panic attack on the plane because I felt like I was having a heart attack. Like I couldn't breathe. It felt like someone was stepping on my chest. I was like, something's very, very not wrong. I'm very, very wrong. (laughs) Got through the weekend, came home, couldn't breathe, like went to the, went straight to the doctor. They did a chest x-ray. They did all these things on me, fully thought I was dying and having a heart attack. It was the scariest moment ever. Like I was calling my mom sobbing and they were like, nothing's wrong. Like it must be like the inflammation around your like chest bone around your heart. So it's mimicking the symptoms of a heart attack. And they were like, there's nothing you can really do about it. We don't really know what causes it. And I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know what causes it. Like it's all of the drinking and vaping I'm doing. It has to be. And yeah. so that was kind of my turning point. I was like, okay, like that's scary that it got me to that point. I don't want to do it anymore. And just cold turkey, the nicotine, like just fully turned around my lifestyle, decided to go to the doctor, do a bunch of tests for my gut and everything. And that's when I really like dove into it and started doing Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So it was probably around like early senior year of college. So I don't know that much about gut health. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I want to say kudos to you, Autumn and I also semi-cold turkey quit like eight times nicotine. <laughs> and then we, it's finally stuck now, um, yeah. but it's, it's really hard. And like people it is, talk for about sure. it. And I feel like with how accessible and like, especially in college when literally everyone's doing it, there's like so no normalized. accountability or like pressure to quit. It's hard to do. So kudos. Um, Thank you. You guys did. Awesome. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I know of the buzzword gut health. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there like, like when you went in and got tests, is there like a specific problem that you had? Or were they just like, oh, you have gut health problems? (laughs) I don't know. Like, is there a name for it? And like, what was that process like? Yeah, of course. So there's a lot of different things that you can have. Um, the most common things in what I had was SIBO, which is basically an overgrowth of bacteria in your small intestine. And it's not supposed to be in your small intestine. Like by the time it gets to your small intestine, it's supposed to be digested, but it's basically undigested food that ferments in your gut and then causes bloating, painfulness, just a bunch of different symptoms. And then leaky gut is just when like the lining of your intestine is only like one cell layer thick. So it can really easily be broken down, especially with all the toxins that we're constantly exposed to. So it creates holes in the lining of your gut that different toxins can go through and then leak to other parts of your body, causing all these other issues. So I had that. And then I just had a ton of inflammation in my gut and ton of other food intolerances, different issues. And I think the biggest thing that was causing all the symptoms was definitely the SIBO because it was really out of control and I never even knew that I had it. I 
did self-diagnose myself years before, but never got tested or anything. So that was the biggest thing. There is a few tests. There's like a gut zoomer you can do that tests for a lot of that stuff. And then there's a SIBO test separate, but they do do like a lot of different tests. So there's not just one you can do to test for all of it. Did you go to like a doctor, like a nutritionist? Is it like at a literal doctor's office? I started out at a GI doctor to do the testing. And then I made the personal decision, like everyone's different. So some people take the Western medicine route. Some people take the natural route. I decided, or a mix of both. I just decided to do the natural route. So then I went and saw a naturopath doctor and did a bunch more tests with her and did ended up going the natural way. For me, when I went to regular doctors, they were like, you're fine. And mm-hmm. then when I, I was trying to find a naturopath and the process was so confusing, it was hard to find a good one. A lot of the good ones are in LA. So when I was in San Diego, then I didn't like have anyone have like a guide to point me to a good one here. So I kind of just like got overwhelmed and never went to one. So mm-hmm. how was that? Like, how did you figure out what doctor to even see? Well, that's what held me back for so long too, I think is every time that I did go to a Western medicine doctor, they kind of would just be like, oh, you have this, there's nothing you can do about it. Or, oh, you have this, like take this pill. And I was just like, oh, like, I don't know, like there has to be a different way. Like I can't just like be okay with these symptoms. And I'm not saying that's all Western medicine doctors at all. Like it's not, but it, to me, like it was just, there was something in me saying like, I, there's something deeper here. And that's kind of when I made the decision to do the naturopath doctor. And same with me, it was like a lot to, to try and find someone it's complicated. So I just asked like a ton of people, like, does anyone work with anyone? Got a ton of recommendations, ended up finding this woman actually through Paulina, funny enough, mm-hmm. but she worked with her and had such an incredible experience. So then I got connected with her and it's been wonderful. Yeah. I feel like in my experience and this is more with mental health stuff, but I feel like it applies here. Um, when I've gone to like Western or like more traditional doctors, mm-hmm. they really focus on like symptoms rather than like the root problem. Yeah. And that was a huge frustration. Like for me, I was getting treated for depression for so many years and then nobody put together that like I got my depression started like right after I started the pill and I'm like okay that like literally could have saved like seven years of my life and like Mm -hmm. nobody put that holistic view together so I feel like it is always good on any of these things to get both sides and like both opinions because symptomatic treatments I'm sure especially with diet like does not work and you're just going to keep having like your Tums is like not going to fix the problem and it's probably going to make it worse So what did, what were like your first steps when you started to try and heal your gut? Like what, what was step one? Yeah. And I want to, I want to agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's so important to find someone who asks you questions and like is asking about your past and asking about when this started happening. It's so important because I think a lot of people just that goes over their head and they just kind of want to prescribe, but it's super important to connect the dots between those things. And I completely agree with you on that. That's like part of the thing I try and preach a lot is finding the root cause. It's so easy to want a Band-Aid solution and instant gratification, but that's not going to be long lasting at all. So 100% agree with you. For the gut health. So it's kind of a lot. So it was first like all the testing. And then um, for the C, like we were focusing on my SIBO first before we did anything else. So I had to get a bunch of supplements, had to fully like change my diet and kind of just cut a lot of stuff out. It's only temporary. So it's not permanently cutting stuff out, which 
a lot of doctors will say you have to permanently cut it out. You should never have to permanently cut something out unless you're allergic to it. Um, cause diversity is like very, very good for your gut health, but starting out, got prescribed a bunch of supplements, um, was taking those and then had to like do that elimination diet. So that was basically killing all the overgrowth of bacteria in my gut. And then look, then I had to do some more testing, make sure it was gone. And that's when I found out like I had leaky gut and all that stuff too. So then it was supplementation and it's just a lot of like different lifestyle shifts too. like a lot of gut issues are actually the the root cause of stress which is really, really interesting. I think we're constantly exposed to stress and we don't realize that like we're not supposed to be this overstimulated as we are. Like that was a big thing too. It's just like looking at what things in my life were causing stress. Um, and then obviously like toxin exposure, but toxin exposure is double-sided because there's obviously toxins like air pollution and like talk to- like toxins in your beauty products and stuff like that. But like having toxic people in your life can cause issues too, which is really, really interesting. So honestly, the, I've been learning so much just from my own journey, which is really cool. Um, and then I'm still like still in the whole process, still working with my naturopath. So it's definitely been a long, takes a lot longer finding the root cause for sure, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's been so worth it. I've never felt better, which is the best thing about it. I think like seeing the results actually working has been the most exciting thing. And all of your uh, TikToks and Instagrams, you sound so happy and you look happy. Like it's so your name, Glow with Ella, is so perfect because you really have been glowing lately. I mean, you kind of always had that glow, but I think it's like cl- coming through really clear, especially lately. Really good. That's so sweet. How long have you been working so with with the doctor though? Like, how long has this journey has this journey been for you since you've been seeing results? last year, like Mm -hmm. end of year I started. Mm -hmm. Um, but the protocol was two months long and like the cutting everything out. And I started seeing results after like one month of that, which was really exciting. Um, and then it just continued to get better. That's amazing. I want to go back to what you were saying about like stress and eating, because I think that's so important. Like, I also think it's a, like, double-edged sword kind of, because I feel like you only have enough capacity to like hold up your boundaries and hold up like your beliefs in a day. And if you're letting like toxic people cut over your boundaries, then like you're probably more likely to indulge in like ice cream or like a drink. Like I feel like I never really deemed myself. I definitely like, there was a period in high school where I like had some disordered eating because of ADHD medicine, but like, I never really had like severe disordered eating. Um, and I, so I just feel like I never really took that into consideration, but when I stopped drinking, I found that I was an emotional drinker and I now kind of fill that emotional void with food. And like, it's really hard for me to be, I like stronger on my food boundaries when I'm feeling stressed at the end of the day or like when I'm emotional. And so it's interesting that you said that. Cause I think there's like two sides, like you're going to feel better if you're not as stressed, but also you're like probably gonna hold up your diet and uphold like your values for with food when you have the capacity to do that. And like the strength at the end of the day to do that. 100%. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And it, it is really interesting how like the two and two work together. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I think stress in general is just so horrible for you. We like don't consider it. I try and say too, like, that's a whole nother thing is everyone's like, cut out this, like cut out that, like, this is bad for you. This is bad for you. And 
there are a lot of things that are like bad for you. Yes. But I think that stressing about the thing that's bad for you is so much worse for you than the thing that's bad for you. And I think that we're in this weird, there's so much information out there. It's a lot to handle and it's very overloading and overwhelming and that itself is stressful. So I think like looking inward and saying like, this feels good for me. So like, if that person's telling me it's bad, that doesn't mean it's bad for me. So it's like, everyone is like different. So thinking about that and thinking about how different things feel you is really important when you are like learning about food and learning about health and all of that. Yeah, I know. I feel like I am the biggest stress case ever. My gut problems started my senior year of high school when I was stressed about getting into colleges. I gave myself an ulcer mm-hmm. because I was literally so stressed out. And what are things that you have done to like manage your stress or cut out toxic people? Do you feel like that's been part of it, like cutting out people? Or what are the steps that you've taken to minimize your stress or like just kind of find your inner peace, I guess? Yeah, I'm lucky. Like I don't really have toxic people in my life. I think that I've I've been very blessed to have such an incredible family and, and friend group. So that was never the thing for me. I think the thing that really changed my life was learning how to say no, because I've always kind of been a people pleaser. I've always been someone who wants to make other people happy. And oftentimes I say yes because of that. And in the past, I wouldn't even know what I wanted just because I was doing so many things to like to to see how other people viewed me kind of like to, to please their view of me instead of to make myself happy. And so kind of figuring out exactly what made me happy and what I wanted really helped me shift my perspective of that and allowed me to say no to more things and say yes to more things that actually like fueled me and gave me energy. And obviously there's going to be compromises to that. Like you're going to do things in life that you don't always want to do, but just kind of realizing that has helped me so, so much. So that's the biggest thing for sure. And then of course, just like breathing, like breathing has helped me so much. Like I, I, I work through the day and I'm like, was I breathing that whole time? Like what the <laughs> hell? Like you forget to breathe or you're just shallow breathing. And so deep breathing is so, so important for you. And it sounds so obvious, but it's, it's absolutely life-changing. And yeah, I think just like doing things that make me happy more, give me energy more, getting outside more has, has really changed my life and separating what gives me energy versus what doesn't give me energy and implementing more of those things into my life. And then I think you kind of mentioned this, Jordan, and it's so interesting because there's like, there's so many things that you can't control that we end up stressing so much about. And so making a list of what you can control, it's a very short list. It's basically your emotions and your reactions to things (laughs) and focusing on that because so many things that we're stressed out over are external and there's nothing that we can really do about it. So remembering that has been a game changer too. A woman that I love and respect very much told me once, you only have so many fucks in a day to give. And she's like, <laughs> so don't, she's like, so don't give your fucks to things that aren't worth it. And I think that's I love like that. so true. Like your so true. energy and your stress is not like unlimited. Like there is a limit to how much you can give to things. And I just, I think about that a lot. I'm like, I don't want to give you one of my fucks. <laughs> I'm keeping that one to use later. Um, I love that. And like, it's like the same thing how everyone says like, we need to learn how to, what our worth is and like 
we need to learn how to like ask for money and like be okay with like asking for that. It's the same thing with time and fucks. Like they're mm-hmm. precious. <laughs> choose yeah. like what you're going to do with them. Choose their, their value. It's, it's so worth it. Yeah. I think we, Autumn and I have so far only spoken to women and we do see a really common theme of people starting to find their joy when they start doing things for themselves versus for mm-hmm. others. And it's interesting to me how deeply that is ingrained in us to do things for other people and to train and to like shape our life in a way that isn't for us. And it seems, at least for me, like once I started being like, I'm going to start pursuing the things that I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like not because anyone else, I feel so much more energized and happy and like just like free flowing through my life. It's just fascinating to me how night and day of a difference it is and how somehow we still slip into the pattern of like people pleasing and trying to accommodate every single person in our life. And I think that's been like a huge theme on our podcast, talking to all these amazing women is like them trying to just switch that off. Uh, But how has that been? Like how have you done anything like specific? Did you have to like take time for yourself and kind of like, shut yourself like I had kind of had to have like an antisocial period where I was like I had to do the opposite extreme for a little bit (laughs) so like Mm -hmm. how is that for you yeah a hundred percent I think the most pivotal thing for me was I was saying like I had that break before I started work and I challenged myself and said you're gonna go take a month and travel alone and just be with yourself and be with your thoughts and just do it. And it scared me so much, but I was just like, fuck it. And I booked a plane ticket and didn't book a return flight. And it was so scary. I had never like stayed in hostels before, had never traveled alone. I went to Costa Rica and that was the biggest thing of getting out of my comfort zone that I ever had to do. And it was really scary. And I had some very low lows, but the biggest thing that I got out of it was I learned so much about myself And it was incredible how much I grew just within a month of being with myself. And I mean, obviously I had my phone and was able to call my friends and family, but it was just completely different. Um, And I think that's huge. And especially in college, like you don't have any time for yourself, really. Like you're constantly surrounded by friends and roommates and different people. And it's really easy to get swayed by other people's just like what they're doing. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us like tend to fall into something we don't want to do because everyone else is doing it, even if we're trying to avoid that. So coming back to yourself and your values is the most important thing. That is so cool that you did a trip for a whole month by yourself. (laughs) I was at dinner on Friday and waiting for my friend for like 15 minutes. And I was like, what do I even do with myself? Like I realized (laughs) that I never really, I was, I didn't want to be on my phone. And I was like, so self-conscious, like everyone's staring at me. No one was staring at me, but I, I want to do something like that. Like I want to take myself out on more dates or like maybe even travel alone. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat to want to travel alone maybe. (laughs) But what motivated you to do that? Like that is so impressive for what probably a 22-year-old right out of college, like especially Costa Rica, like how did you decide on that country? I just want to know more about that. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I agree. Like I think we need to take ourselves on more solo alone dates. And that's been like the biggest theme for me this year, especially is just getting out of my comfort zone and doing things that scare me because from everything that I've learned and listened about, it's, you're never going to grow if you're staying in your same things and we are creatures of habit. So doing routine and doing the same things every day is going to feel really comfortable to us, but switching it up and doing something exciting or something you're scared about is 
going to be amazing for you and you'll continue to grow that way. But yeah, it was, I just remember I couldn't get it out of my head wanting to travel and I just wanted to so badly. And it was a weird time still like last year, summer, like COVID was still kind of like there, but not. And so it was really hard to plan a trip with friends. And in the back of my mind, I kind of just wanted to do it alone too and experience something for myself selfishly, I guess. And I decided on Costa Rica just because I've heard so many people talking about it. It's a relatively safe place, which I did feel pretty safe most of the time. Um, It's not too far. Like the flight wasn't too bad and it was like just open to travel too. So that was a big thing too. It was, it was amazing though. It was, it was perfect. I also wanted to go somewhere warm and I, I made myself learn how to surf and also the hostel like community is great there. I was able to go like all around the country and stay in the same chain of hostels. So there was a few factors that went into it, but um, yeah, I just decided to go for it. It was a, it was a thought I had in my head and I was like, why, if I can do it, why not? I had this summer to do something. <laughs> so why not do what I wanted to do? So that's like such a dream goal. Um, and I feel like it is something that people just kind of discredit, like traveling alone, especially as a woman, like you, it's, I, I just feel like it's something that I'm like, oh, I would never. Um, but what did you do like tactically as being a girl alone? Like, were there things that you did or brought that made you feel more comfortable? How did you handle like feeling, making sure the hostels were safe that you were staying at? Like, mm-hmm. how did that, how'd you, how'd you feel safe doing it? Yeah, it was definitely interesting being a woman traveling alone. Like that part of it was there was times where I got so low just because like I would go outside and be walking alone and there was not like one minute would go by without someone catcalling at me or yelling at me. And then staying in the hostels, like I would think I would make friends and then they had the complete wrong intention. So there were Mm -hmm. points where I just like really just wanted to be alone because I almost got scared to even talk to people because I just started not trusting anyone. Um, so that was really hard at points. I think the biggest thing was I'm a very like aware person sometimes to a fault. Like I'll overthink a lot or like think what someone's thinking, even though they're not even like, just like how you said, like everyone's staring at me at the restaurant. It's like that. I think all women kind of have that. Um, so I think like, like I kept picking myself up when I felt down. That was a big thing. I was like, I'm here for a month. Like, I'm not going to let this get me down. Like I'm going to keep going. So that was huge. I also like didn't drink while I was there. So that made me feel like a lot more comfortable um, because you never know like what's going to happen. Didn't like do anything like very experimental there, <laughs> like drug wise yeah. or anything like nothing like that. Just stayed sober the whole time was like always on watch, like of my drinks and everything. And I had heard like great things about the hostels that I was staying at. And I, I never stayed at like any different hostel. It was like the same chain of hostels in every city that I traveled to. So that made me feel very safe. There was always people working there. There were people our age working there, always security guards. So I felt like really safe the whole time. It was just definitely like meeting people who had like wrong intentions was tough. Um, and then also just like finding friends that were girls and finding, like, I, I ended up having like a bunch of cool friends by the end of it, which was amazing. So sticking to them when I could. And yeah, I guess the biggest thing was picking myself up when I got down. <laughs> like, There's definitely going to be down points. If you travel alone, you're going to feel very alone because you are. But um, it, it, overall, it was, I when I look back, I don't think of the low points. Like I only think of the highlights 
which I think is a really cool thing that our brain does is always look back at the good times. I'm sure that those low points are also what made it so important and so special. Like if it was fully smooth sailing the whole time, you wouldn't feel the growth and independence and strength that you felt at the end of it. So I'm sure that's like just as much, if not more important than like how amazing the trip was. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing. I highly recommend it. If you guys ever plan a trip, like it was, it was incredible. What did you fill your time with? Were you like going on a lot of excursions? Were you using it to journal and like figure out more about what you wanted and what you want out of life or read? Like what were you like really focusing on when you were there? A lot of those things. I brought a journal with me. I wrote in it every single day. Like before I even called my friends and told them something, I would write down my experience so I wouldn't forget any details. Um, Was reading a lot. Um, And then, yeah, just doing a lot of outdoor activities. Like I told myself I would learn how to surf, um, going to the beach all the time, staying outside a lot, going hiking, like going mountain biking and just doing all those outdoor activities, doing yoga, like going into the town. And I went to this one like wellness retreat thing that was like at, at a yoga studio and they talked about astrology and like all these different like things about wellness. And it was really cool. That was a really awesome community too. So just really trying to meet people and I remember the first night I got there, I was like, what the hell do I do with myself? Like, I was like, so distraught, had just gotten off the plane, got into my room. It was literally like a four person dorm room. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't, I had no idea what to expect going into it. Like it was very like quick planned. And I was like, okay, like I just need to go walk and say hi to someone. And in that moment, it was the scariest thing ever. Just walking up and saying hi to a random person. Like you don't do that in normal life especially sober in like a random country. Like that's just like not normal. Like when we're in school, like when we meet someone, it's like either through friends or we're drunk or it's, I don't know. It was just a very uncomfortable situation. And that was kind of like what broke down my walls a lot is just like going up to someone and saying hi and realizing that everyone wants to meet people there. Like everyone is traveling for a reason. They're staying in a hostel to be social. And so Mm -hmm. like, that was the first thing that like really was, I was like, okay, like I'm here for a reason. Um, and saying yes to things. Yeah. It was just a lot of experimenting basically. That's so cool. And just so like transformational. I'm very jealous. and <laughs> I'm like brainstorming my head where I want to go by myself. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk about your business. We can go into health coaching. So how did you start that program? Are you still health coaching now? I am. Um, not as much as I'd like to just because I don't have enough time because I'm full-time working Monday through Friday. And I don't want to take on clients when I can't give all my attention to them. Um, but I am. I have a couple clients right now. It's honestly the most rewarding job anyone will have. Like, it's, it's incredible, like, doing it because the best thing ever is hearing someone say, like, you've inspired me to like do this or like, I feel so much better because of like how you sparked this idea. And so that in itself has been so incredible. And I learn so much as much or more from my clients than I do like working with anything else. Um, just cause you, t- you learn so much like coaching someone, <laughs> like mm. you're like, as a coach, like you're learning like day by day. Um, so it truly has been an incredible experience. How do you manage like all of your clients who are at varying points in their like health journeys, like how do you tailor things specifically for them? Do you kind of let them 
lead the goal conversation or do you kind of come up with goals for them? Like how, what is that? What does a session with you kind of look like, I guess? Yeah. So it's a good question. It's so the consultation is before I even start working with them. Uh, they come in, I have them like fill out this whole questionnaire and then I ask them a bunch of in-depth questions about what they answered on that questionnaire. And then from there, we kind of write out a list of goals that they would want to accomplish. Like after one month, after two months, after three months, and it kind of forces them to look in the future a little bit and ideate on like what they would want to have accomplished by then. And then we kind of work backwards from there and create little baby steps that help them reach those goals. And it, it is very like led by what they want to accomplish. Um, every single client that I work with is so unique and different. And each, each plan, there's not even a plan because it's like so personalized. Like you can't really like think about it in the moment, but yeah, a lot of it's like just asking questions and the having them like come to the answer. Like I feel like a lot of the, I was listening to this podcast the other day, it's kind of a tangent, but I found this so interesting because I had always realized like when I wrote something down that I was overthinking in my mind or when I said it out loud to someone, the thing that I was overthinking just like made it, it felt like less than what it was. Like I made this crazy thing in my brain and then I said it out loud and I was like, oh, it's actually like not that bad. Like I can actually like figure out a plan. And so I think a lot of coaching is that, like just talking to someone, talking through something with through something, coming up with a plan and steps to accomplish that goal is like the biggest thing for people. And a lot of things that I'm like talking to someone about or asking questions about, like I come to the answer, even though I hadn't come to the answer beforehand, like I didn't know the answer, but just talking it through with someone has Mm -hmm. like comes up with that, which is really cool. Yeah, also we both accountability too. Like knowing that you're paying 100%. for someone to tell you or help you like stick to these goals, it's almost like wait, it's not almost. It is more pressure to do them. You're like it's you're spending your hard-earned money to like focus on something. So if you don't do it, it's just like a waste on both ends. Waste of everyone's 100%. time. hundred percent. Yeah, it's so true. Just having someone that you can like have 24 seven access to texting them, asking a question, like keeping you on track with things I think is, is super helpful. It's just like having like a, like having a friend to go to a workout class with too. It's so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. than going alone. Well, and it's probably like, I feel like the hardest part of setting a goal is just like setting it and being like, no, I'm actually going to do this. Not just like mm-hmm. thinking like, Oh, I want to cut back. Like being like, no, I actually want to do something. And it, it is like a very tangible first step to setting so many goals. It's like, you're going to have to go into the class. Like you're going to have to talk to Ella. (laughs) So you (laughs) might as well like use the time and actually achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. I 100% agree with you. And I think a lot of times the goals that we set for ourselves just aren't even reasonable. Like I always like go back to the example of new year's resolutions. Like you say, you're going to do something that you haven't done in the past 10 years. You probably aren't going to start doing that. So kind of just like coming up with goals that are long-term and sustainable versus something that's a quick fix that like is a lot of health coaching too. It's just like realizing, okay, like that's not going to work. That's not going to be sustainable. Like let's figure out the baby steps to eventually get to that goal. And I think planning things for three months, like right now I'm doing a hundred day sober and yeah, which is amazing by the way. (laughs) Thank you. But it's like, I specifically am doing that instead of dry January because I feel like three months plus is a good amount of time to actually build something into your life. And I, I, is your health coaching program like three month groupings or what's the length of time? 
Yeah, it's it's personalized. So my first few clients, I was just kind of like trying to figure that out. And I was doing six months. And I kind of realized like not everyone knows like where they're going to be in six months. So right now I'm kind of just doing like month to month. So like every month we reassess where they're at and if they want to do another month, which usually they're going to do like another month, like up to six months, because you don't really see like huge changes until at least the third month mark. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at right now is just kind of putting it in their hands if they want to do another month and um, hoping to kind of have time to just develop other plans other than just like the month to month. Like if someone wants a specific program that like, I can just hand them a white paper of versus like having to meet like twice, twice a month. I think that will be good too, because not everyone has the time to meet twice a month. So hoping to come up with other options soon here. Um, and that'll be exciting too. Yeah. How many clients do you have right now? And how are you managing that with work? Like what does day in the life look like for you, especially with your bars on the side? I feel like your day in the life is probably exhausting. <laughs> fulfilling, fulfilling, is, but like long. Yeah. 100%. I always say that too. I'm like, I'm working seven days a week and I've never been more tired, but I've also like never been like more fulfilled and happy. So it's like a, it's a trade-off for sure. Um, I'm only working with two clients right now. So I make sure like not to take any more on. I just don't have time for it right now. Um, and we only meet like twice a month. So, and then we talk in between, but it's pretty manageable. Um, there's people that I really want to work with. There's some, there's like people on my waiting list that I'm like waiting to meet with. So I'm hoping time opens up in my schedule soon and I can take more people on, but day in the life, um, it's very ever changing. So I like work Monday through Friday doing sales, which is an eight to five job. And then typically whenever I have like a lunch break or in the morning or after work, I will like do something for content. So I'll either like film a TikTok or I'll make an Instagram post or I'll do something, write a blog, something like that. Um, I'll meet with a client, which is like an hour long session. And then after like I'm done with all of that, then I'll start like making my bars for the weekend. So I'll like make my bars and I'll freeze them. And then I've just kind of like gotten in routine. So sometimes Sometimes there's days where I'm just like, I'm done with work and I'm so exhausted. And I'm just like, I can't do any of that right now. And then the next day I'll just like spend an extra hour making bars or something. So, um, I've, I've gotten pretty used to it. Honestly, it hasn't, it was definitely a little bit overwhelming. I felt like I definitely took too much on my plate, but once I started getting used to it and figuring out like what works for me, it's gotten a little bit easier. So I feel like we've been teasing these bars this whole time and now we have to talk about them. <laughs> but Ella makes these amazing, they're like healthy, I don't know, breakfast, dessert, protein, <laughs> healthy fat bars. They're like, the two flavors are matcha and cookie dough. And Autumn and I both tried them when we were in LA. They were phenomenal. We had them for like dessert and then breakfast the next morning and then like lunch again the next day. <laughs> like literally like. I was stoked because Jordan left the ones that she bought. She left two at my house because she had to fly back. And I was like, fuck yeah, I have extra. <laughs> They're so good. So tell us about your journey with these bars. I'm like dying to know well, how these came First of to all, me. thank you so much. You guys are the best. That literally made my entire day when you guys came to my booth. I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't seen you guys in so long. Like seeing familiar faces is just the best thing ever. Like when you're working at the farmer's market. Um but yeah, I like a couple years ago, I've always like loved cooking and baking and I've always just loved like something for on the go or something easy to like sprinkle on top of like oats or smoothies or, and something that was still like 
nutrient dense and fulfilling. So I just started making these bars. Like they weren't how they were like right away. Definitely had to like test a lot with the recipe and figure out what was best, but started making them. And I would just like always have them stocked in my freezer for my family. And then when my friends came over, they would eat them. And they were always like, wait, these are so delicious. Like, Oh my gosh, like you should do something with these. And I was like, Oh, like maybe I will. And then my mom's like group of friends came over for this yoga class one time and I gave them all of them and they gave me a bunch of feedback and that's what kind of got the ball moving. I was like, okay, like maybe I will do something. And I, I kept talking about it which I think was honestly a really good thing because saying it out loud to people kind of forced me to follow through with it a little bit and keep me accountable. So I would start making them and I was like, okay, where am I going to sell these? And I had been going to the farmer's market every single Sunday, had always loved the farmer's market. And I just had this thought, like, what if I had a booth at the farmer's market? Like that would literally be a dream of mine. And I just started like talking about it and saying it. Um, I guess they call it, like we call that manifesting. I don't know. But, <laughs> and then I just like really started like do, like getting all the license it for licenses for it. Asked a lot of questions. Like I make the bars in my home kitchen, so I had to get like a health inspector to come like inspect my kitchen, get a cottage food kitchen license. Um, so there was a lot of like licensing and permits that took permits that took a while. And then finally, I had a booth at the farmer's market and started ordering packaging and making them and selling them. And it's been the most incredible experience. I'm hoping to start selling them online here soon. I know I've been saying soon for so long, but soon it's <laughs> a lot of work in the background. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been it's been amazing. I, I think that for so long, like saying what if held me back and not knowing the answer to something held me back. But I was never going to know the answer until I did it. So, and, and you know, it's easier, easier said than done because there were so many entrepreneurs that I would ask and they were like, you just have to go for it. Like you just have to take the leap and go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not until I actually did it, did I realize how much that made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like shifting. One thing that I tried, have been trying to do this year specifically, it was like one of my resolutions, if you will, <laughs> um, is like shifting from like, what if to why not? And mm-hmm. usually I love that. like, usually you can just be like, why not? Like there are really like, and obviously you can think a million reasons why not. Like if you really want to get in your own way, you absolutely can. But like with this, Autumn and I were like, worst case scenario, we catch up with cool people that we love and we hang out with each other more often and like have 50 episodes to show for. And so I think that mindset shift, like it's, it's hard before you get into it but then once you do it you're like oh that's kind of easy like I do understand what everyone's saying you just gotta like fucking do it yeah it's so true and I love that mindset so much I think you worded that perfectly because that's something I guess I was doing without like saying it like that like I would always be like what's the worst that can happen like mm-hmm. what like I fail and then I go back to what I was doing like what someone says no and they hate it like th- my life isn't over no one's in danger I'm not getting hurt so like yeah. why not do it um and that's so true yeah So when you made these bars, you said like you liked baking when you first started, were you like inspired by different recipes? Did you just like throw things into a mixer and figure it out? Like, how did that go? Basically, yeah. The second I've always just kind of like looked at a pantry and looked at ingredients and just made something of it. I think I get that from my mom. She's definitely an incredible cook. And I always just see her like in the kitchen putting things together. And my sister is the same way. So is my brother, honestly. Like we kind of just got blessed with being know- knowing how to cook and bake. It's in our genes. Um, so that was something that I've always loved doing. It's just like looking at something and making something of it. 
Um, and I'm sure like in my subconscious, there's things that are inspiring me, but nothing specific comes to mind. It was just like kind of happened upon it and then kept adding things to it and taking things away from it. And then finally happened upon this recipe, which is, it's been so fun (laughs) and seeing how much it's, it's changed a lot from when I first started making them, but at the same time, it hasn't changed at all. (laughs) (laughs) I think the ability to just like throw ingredients and make something out of it is what makes a good chef or cook compared to like someone like me who just follows the recipe. And I think the the better I get at cooking, the more I'm like, oh, I could add a little of this. <laughs> but I think it, it shows how, like what your skills are at if you're able to just like make a recipe on your own with just the ingredients that you have. Um, I'm wondering though, are your plans, like do you want to put this in Whole Foods and Erewhon, like Trader Joe's? Like do you have plans for that? Or are you kind of just like, I'm going to have fun, do it on the side and have it be a side thing forever? Or do you want this to be way more of a full-time, full-blown business, I guess? It's something that I've been asking myself a lot, honestly, because I kind of went into it for fun and it was something that I loved doing and it was cool and a learning experience. And now it's like at this turning point where it's like, do I really want to scale this or do I just kind of want it to be a fun side hustle? And I don't know. Still, I don't really know the answer. I think it would be absolutely incredible to do this full time because it's what I love doing. And if I can somehow make it into something like a career, then I would jump at that in a second. Um, But also like right where I'm at right now, and I know I won't be here forever, but it's like, I'm making them out of my home kitchen. So it's like, I don't have much room to like store them even (laughs) further. Like I can't really scale right now. So I'm, I'm really at the point where it's like, but this is why the farmer's market is the perfect place to start selling is I'm figuring out what people like, what people don't like, if they would even be willing to like buy in a store or buy online. Um, so it's honestly just like a lot of like customer interviews right now and kind of figure mm-hmm. out what people like and don't like. And honestly, an incredible networking experience too. I'm meeting the coolest people working this booth every day and meeting amazing people who are running other booths. So I think that's definitely something I'm still trying to figure out. If there's opportunity to make it big, then I will jump at that in a second. But I'm at the point where I'm just like kind of going with the flow. I'm just going to say right now that I will absolutely order your bars. <laughs> the second you make an online store for Yeah. As a customer, I would order online. <laughs> yeah. Like customer interview right here. Please ship to Love Seattle. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to talk about a TikTok you made the other day. I think it was about like Trader Joe's, but, and I feel like this kind of ties into the bars conversation and all of the health things. I have like such a sweet tooth. I love having like sweet coffee and desserts and all of those things. Um, But I was curious and I'm always curious about like sweeteners and like, what Mm -hmm. is better? How can you like decide if a sweetener is better? Like, I don't understand stevia. I'm like, what is it? Why is it like nothing? I like talk about this frequently. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'd love your thoughts on like sweeteners. I think that's a wonderful question. I, my biggest philosophy is looking at how much it's been processed. So stevia was a leaf and now it's this powdered sugarish looking thing probably had a lot of processed things going on to it. So you're probably going to be more sensitive to it than just pure cane sugar. And all sugar is digested the same, which is really interesting. So 
regular sugar is going to be digested the same as like maple syrup might be, but the way that it's processed is going to be a lot different. So refined cane sugar, like your body for at least my body, like speaking from experience, like does not do well with that at all. But if I have like pure honey or date syrup or maple syrup, then my body's a lot more okay with that. So that's the biggest thing that I choose is kind of looking at how it was processed. A lot of artificial sugars are the worst thing for your gut. Um, your gut like knows that they're fake and reacts to it that way as if it's like an intruder. So I, yeah, mine is like, I always like try and go like back to nature. Like what, what's pure, like what, like, like, I don't know, kind of like, for example, like date, like date syrup is just grinded up dates. Like there's no processed to it. Like it didn't, it wasn't dyed. Like it wasn't all of those things, like those steps. So that's how I look at it. If that answered your question. Totally. I actually just started using date syrup in my coffee and I, I thought I like hadn't seen date syrup before. Yeah. I think it's, I was like, like, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it makes sense. Cause dates are just like sweet. Like they don't have any other flavor than like sweet. Right. Like it's just like solidified honey basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, yeah. I'm very happy about date syrup and happy to hear that it's good. Well, I would love for you to take this opportunity to pimp yourself out and you can shout out your socials or your storefront, whatever you want, but just tell whoever's listening where they can find you. (laughs) Yeah. So everything's glow with Ella. So my Instagram's glow with Ella. My TikTok's glow with Ella. My website's www.glowwithella.com. I just created a Twitter, but I haven't really posted on it so if you want to follow me you can do that but really on there. um and yeah definitely look out for my online store soon here um i'm very very excited to launch i will definitely send you guys some product when i figure out shipping um so yeah it's gonna be super fun i'm learning a lot and yeah what about you guys like how's like what's your plan with this podcast like i want to hear like more about that like what are you guys up to our plan with the podcast <laughs> is we really don't have one which is why the name is still no plan because we don't have Love one. But we just both felt like we're going through so much change and graduating college was like weirdly depressing for a while, especially in the height of COVID. And both mm-hmm. of us moved to cities where our friends weren't like all of our friends were in LA and SF and we were like kind of the two isolated ones. So I think we had these like independent journeys after graduation and had to really take time to like figure out what makes us happy. And, and we still like don't know where we're at, but we're trying to like create an intentional life and figure out mm-hmm. what all, what makes us happy and what makes life full. And so we just want to have this podcast, like bring people on who are doing that and like creating a full life or have really cool passion projects or hobbies or a really cool job that, to just like get more inspiration on, on how to live intentionally and how to be more full and also just like connect with people. And I think the goal is to hopefully build like a community of people who are feeling the same way. Cause I think your twenties are just really confusing. And the end goal is for us to build a compound in Hawaii and live on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Isn't, isn't that, wouldn't that be the dream? I, I love that so much. I, I think that's so incredible and so valuable to so many people. Everyone that I talk to at our age, I feel like is having a quarter life crisis each and every day. Like I know for me, I'm always like, what is the meaning of life? What am I doing? What's going on? And so hearing that people like have those thoughts too is so important because 
like talking about these things changes people's lives truly like that's why I love what you guys are doing. Like Jordan, even your TikTok, like talking about like what's going on in your life, like what's happening. Like you're truly inspiring and changing people's lives through that. And it's so incredible. So I don't know. I, you guys are doing big things and it's, it's really exciting. Well, and I think like that's a lot of it too, because it's like, I look at you and I'm like, oh my God, she's killing it. And she must have it all together. And like, everything must be perfect in her life. Cause she's like doing everything amazingly. And having these conversations is so valuable because so many people look up to us and it's like nice to hear, like, it's nice to hear just these conversations. Um, I feel like that you can't, you can't display that even on like TikTok. It's like, you need to have these longer form conversations and like selfishly, it's like, I'm always just curious what you're up to. And Autumn and I literally like like we literally pick guests by like going through our contacts and being like, Oh, I, I saw, or like I'll send her like people's Instagram posts of them, like hyping themselves up and be like, Oh my God, look at what she just did. Like we should have her on. That's so cool. We need to talk about it. Cause it's just interesting conversation. And we're like, well, might as well like air it out there, <laughs> put oh, it on yes. the internet. No. So true. My, my favorite podcasts to listen to are just casual conversations because I feel like I'm, talking with a group of friends and I'm learning Mm -hmm. so much. And I think that's the best way to absorb content, to be honest, like the most casual way possible. Yeah. And we really do try to like, I mean, we said like, we'll edit things out if people feel uncomfortable than being out there, but like not editing it and keeping it like as natural and as Mm -hmm. real as it can be, because we think that's like, she, I mean, obviously Autumn and I are so comfortable talking to each other and talking to other people mm-hmm. that like, that's what we're like, we could, we could use this skill and like put it out there. <laughs> no, I love that. It's so true. I, and I like, for me, I was always someone who, when we had to take like a public speaking class in college, like that was one of my biggest fears. And I think that like, even doing these interviews and doing these podcasts, like puts me out of my comfort zone. And so I don't know. It's, it's interesting too, because I feel like people listen or even when I listen to podcasts, sometimes I'm like, they're so well-spoken. Like these people are so good at speaking, but you just got to put yourself in these positions. And I, I don't know. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've learned is like we were talking about before, like getting yourself uncomfortable and failing. And like, that's the only way you'll grow and learn and know how to do something. Yeah, I agree. I feel like also it's just like a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it is. Like- so true. Yeah. Our first episode that we recorded, our voices were we we were like uh, like shaking. I wish I could, I wish I could recreate it, but our voices were shaking so bad. And it was really with Olivia Wagner, like our friend, and we were so yeah. scared to just talk to her. And each time we do one, I'm like the nerves get a little bit easier, and it it just feels more natural each episode we do. And so I feel like the more you do it, the less scary it gets, but. Yeah, for sure. I think it is scary. It's scary to start something. Scary to try something 100%. new. But you got yeah. it. And, and you guys sound great. And you guys are so genuine and curious. So <laughs> you definitely make like someone like me who comes on. And I'm sure everyone that comes on very, very comfortable. So I'm super Thank excited you. to start like listening to all of your content and being a big <laughs> fan of you guys. Yay. And you can give us all your criticism too. We, we yeah. don't know. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I will. I'm, I'm not someone who holds back <laughs> on that stuff because I'm the exact same way. I'm like, please tell me what I'm doing wrong so I can actually course correct and fix it so that I don't do it again. Like, I want to hear about that stuff. Like, yeah, compliments are great, but like, there's a way to like also like say like what you don't like. And that doesn't mean you have to listen to what someone doesn't like, but it definitely provides good feedback. And there's a way to do it nicely too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's 
gonna be nice and we talk about this a lot is like our target audience is also our friend group like it's like our Mm -hmm. you guys and like the people that we're gonna be able to text and be like hey can you listen to us and tell you what you think are like yeah yeah. also the type of people that we want listening so we should be able to get good feedback but it's funny we listened we went back and like listened to a bunch of first episodes like we went back because it's easy to be like oh like the skinny confidential and then be like, wow, ours is shit compared to them. Like, because obviously they've been doing it for like 10 years and they're of amazing. Course. Yeah. But we went back and listened to like all these people's, like our favorite podcast first episode. And we were like, this makes us feel better. Like everyone okay. starts That's, somewhere. That is so smart. I absolutely love that you did that. That's huge. No, it was, it was probably like the most confidence boosting thing. We were like, yeah. we could do this. And it also goes to show like, they got better because they did it. Like mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. started and now they're really good only because they've like put in the time and effort to be good. And like, you can do that too. So right, it, was a good, right. it was a good exercise. It's so true. Like it, it's so easy to give something up in the beginning when it's not doing well, but it's the repetition and keeping up with it and continuing to do it and consistency that really makes it work. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Nothing comes easily. I mean, sometimes there's rare cases where you're an overnight success, but that really is not what life is. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at still no plan pod. See you next Wednesday. Wednesday. Woohoo!